are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa! My name is Colin Austin, <laughs> and my co-host is the Rye Guy who gets side-eye quick, clever, and as cheesy as ever, Michael <laughs> Dees. Oh, it's so good. It's like I know who wrote that just by the, the description alone. No, you don't. Yeah. I wrote that. No, you didn't. That was yeah, absolutely right. Rebecca. <laughs> dude, what is up, man? Not much, man, this dude. Is, we're about to record episode 77. 70, Golly. Can you believe it? You can't even believe it. I can't believe it. Well, because I've only recorded maybe half that with you, but <laughs> that's why I can't believe it. That's true. But, but congratulations on episode 77 for you. Thanks, man. I'm excited. This is so much fun. And, you know, here we are. What This episode goes out October 28th. We got Halloween. Oh, almost Halloween. It's almost time for me to pull out my Deadpool costume. <laughs> oh, God. We were just talking how I should have worn it today. It would have been epic if it was if I was wearing it right now, but maybe next year, you know. I'll have a red vest before you next year when you <laughs> you can ride it. We just got back from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I had an opportunity to speak in Columbus at AM Expo, which was epic. It was did you, awesome. Did you like going? It was it was really good. Um, I mean, what was it, the best part for you? The the best part for me, like, so I went there with a complete mindset of like service department. That's where I was focused on. I think last year when we went, uh, it was in Vegas last year. I was more focused on new product sales stuff like that. But this time it was like kind of focused on service. So I got to pick some brains of people that that feel like they run their service departments pretty well. So that was actually really beneficial. Um, it wasn't the speakers or something. It was actually talking to other dealers for me. Um, so that was really. What are you cool. saying? The speakers weren't good. You know, there's one that just like he uses a lot of like uh, you know at signs and dollar signs and his <laughs> social media stuff. I don't know. Michael's talking about me, guys. <laughs> I had the opportunity to speak at AM Expo. It was really cool. Got paid to go. They flew me up there, put me in a hotel. Got got to do two talks, uh, one on social media and one on the UCE Ultimate Customer Experience. Right. It was good. It was. It was I fun. wasn't prepared for how much I'd enjoy Columbus. Yeah. That was actually a really cool place. Really as, a, cool. as a Gator fan, eh, I wasn't really excited how much I liked Columbus, <laughs> but, but it was all right. But you have to tell a story real quick about, about your dad, though, because that, yeah. that was crazy. That was pretty epic. So everybody, like, get this. My So my dad is a pilot for Southwest Airlines, and here we are. Like, I'm sitting in one of the speaker sessions, right? Like, the day before, I'm listening to another speaker, and all of a sudden, I start seeing, like, text messages popping up on my iPhone. And so, I'm like, what's going on? I see it's my mom, it's my wife, it's my dad. I'm like, it's gotta like, be pretty scary. You know, like, I'm, like, seeing it from, you know, it's on the table, like, a foot away from me, and I see all this stuff popping up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? So, I instantly grab it, and everybody's freaking out because they're like, dude, your dad's going to be in Columbus. And, <laughs> you know, my wife, Shannon's like, your dad's going to be in Columbus. My dad's like, hey, where are you staying at in Columbus? And I'm like, I'm at the Hyatt Regency. He's like, I'm going to be right across the street tonight like my leg of like my flying ends in Columbus and I'll be there I probably won't be at the hotel till like 11 15 but if you guys want to meet up for a beer or something like let me know I'm like, all right cool so you know dad flies into Columbus but in addition to that he like in the same text message he's like and I just found out that I'm flying your plane home <laughs> so he's like flying the plane that I'm actually on and yet you guys like we don't plan any of this. I just book my travel like any other normal person, right. you know? So I just booked the travel and the fact that I got on his plane flying home, I mean, I don't even know what the odds of that are. I mean, it's gotta be you know, billions. I mean, like, it's never knows? happened, like, right? Like, it's, oh, it's that's never the first happened. time you've ever flown uh, on your dad's plane, right? Yeah, that's what he yeah, said. It's the yeah. first time in all my life that I've ever yeah. flown on a plane that my dad was the pilot. And so, I don't know, it was really, really cool. So he flew the plane home, and of course, what was even, it was a, another cool first because he got to see me speak on Friday morning because his plane didn't leave Friday morning until like, I don't know, it was like 11 something and I was speaking at 9.20. So he came and saw me speak for the first time. I flew on his plane, you know, going home for the first time. I mean, it was very, it was a, very serendipitous. It was a really cool first for me too, because I got to sit in the cockpit like a little eight year old kid. <laughs> like, what does this do? What does this do? Yeah, that was pretty epic. So that was, it was definitely exciting. So that was definitely the highlight of the trip for me. Uh, but yeah. You know? That was great. It was a great and time. And now the Gator, here we are, October 28th. Hopefully we're 8-0 at this point. Yeah. I mean, you did not think we were going to beat Auburn. Yeah, flashback to our uh, episode 74 with John Dar, where I was like, yeah, I don't know about the Auburn game, but but they did well. They did real well. Yeah. So it hopefully awesome. uh, we're 6-0 and now as of this recording. Uh, by the time this goes LSU out, we got LSU, South Carolina. 
You know, can we go eight and no? That's going to be what's tough. Uh, LSU's look, they're looking good, man. I'm excited. Yeah, so So, we'll see. Well, we will see. It's always, I always wonder if uh, like our audience gets tired of us like talking about it, like trying to predict this stuff. And by the time it comes out, yeah, because we were like talking about Felipe Franks that one time and then he was actually like hurt and like we didn't, oh. Yeah, who knew? (laughs) Who knew, you know? And also we had uh, Jamil on and and we were talking about the Cardinals and Braves and now they're, uh, as of this recording, they have game five in the NLDS tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't sent him any messages yet because I'm not a I'm not a trash talker, but yeah. like, but it's it's a it's one girl home tomorrow with Actually, uh, his team in mind. So. While you're like mentioning Jamil, I want to give him a little quick shout out because he uh, joined our Patreon. Oh, so, thanks, Jamil. Yeah, man. So he's supporting us on Patreon. So thank you so much for that. And um, I also want to give love to our to our sponsor, man, Opus Coffee. We've had our last couple of meetings like for repaint over at their new location on Brand Monday new, mornings. Yeah. Dude, it, it's a beautiful spot. And I just want to give love to our sponsor, Opus Coffee. You guys support Opus Coffee. They just opened up that brand new location across from the Innovation Hub at 800 Southwest 2nd Avenue. And um, yeah. Just mad love to them. Really appreciate you guys taking care of us and sponsoring this this podcast. And I want to give a, give a shout out to our nonprofit of the day, um, Extraordinary Joy. They have their fourth annual masquerade ball for rare chromosome disorders. Um, they're gonna have like this event at this at this ball. They're gonna have like fire breather, magicians, tumblers, and of course food and drinks. It's on November sixteenth. And you can check out extraordinaryjoy.org. That's just X T R A, extraordinaryjoy.org to purchase tickets. So, mad, mad love Definitely to them. Support cause, our nonprofits yeah. here in Gainesville. And, dude, I am beyond excited to get into today's episode. Dude, I know you've been pumped. <laughs> well, it has been a couple of weeks since we recorded it has been, of the yeah. trip and everything else. You guys, like, literally recording the podcast is the, like, it's the highlight of the week. It, it really is. It really is one of my highlights of the week. I just absolutely love it. But, you know, here I am. I'm like, I'm going, you know, I'm at a coffee shop recently. I sit there and I, and I walk by a table and I see my buddy Durar sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, do it. Like, you know, I follow this guy around on Instagram, you know, and following his travels <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, man, I just need to be where he like, how is. How do you get a slice of that life? Yeah. So I'm like, dude, if you're in Gainesville, I want to interview you on our podcast. I want to talk, I want to share your story and talk about it and hear about the travels and, and entrepreneurship and everything else. So you guys, let me introduce to you our special guest of the day. Today on the show, we have Durar. <laughs> Oh, you, you almost Ayush. Ayush. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I like practice like right before too. Darar Ayush, founder of Active LLC, a company that organizes group retreats in paradise-like locations worldwide. Darar, what is up, man? Hey, hey, hey. Well, good to see you, man. <laughs> good to see you too, man. Super exciting. I mean, I met you like, what, a few years ago. You were doing the hall box thing, start, yeah. startup life. I remember borrowing uh, those a couple of those bins from you and everything yeah. else. And, yep. and talking to your crew a couple times and just being in the startup. I mean, you guys were in the startup grind. Yeah, yeah. Right? That was uh, 2014. That was my graduation year when I met you. Yeah. Dude, time, time flies. flies. <laughs> the fact that that, oh my gosh. Like the fact that five that was five years ago, years ago like mm-hmm. blows my mind because it feels like it was yeah. maybe a year ago. Yeah. yeah. But wow. Well, dude. So we like to we like to start with just you know telling your story. What brought you to Gainesville? You know why you started this? You know why you started that company? Now you're moving on to another company. You got you got a lot going on. I know you do. I love following your stuff. So uh, so just tell us your story, man. Sure, 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 Colin. Well, uh, basically. I, I grew up in Palestine, right? So, uh, you know, far away from here. I grew up there until I was about 16. Um, managed to get a scholarship to go for a boarding school in the UK. Did that for two years and it was great. Um, all, the plan was always to um, study in university in Europe. Uh, that was kind of the initial plan. And uh, two years in the UK, I just got so tired of the cold. So I wanted to get as far away as possible from anywhere cold. So I wanted uh, <laughs> somewhere warm and sunny. And um, uh, that was nowhere in Europe. So uh, I looked at the US and uh, Florida seemed like a good option. And uh, basically, I uh, came here for undergrad. So I did uh, did uh, entrepreneurship and did finance at UF. And uh, you know, the, the plan was always, always to kind of go into um, the financial sector and, you know, uh, Wall Street and, and stuff like this, you know, was when you're studying finance. Was there anything like in particular about UF? 
I mean, could, was there just like looking at the state of Florida doing this thing where you're like with your eyes closed, finger and like throwing it down on the like map? Google search and half, half of them come up. You're like, you have top seven university. And that is like Florida, man, does. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you would laugh why I picked UF. Um, so when I was in the UK, I, I the re- girls, right? Uh, well, the, I'm getting to that. That is definitely one of the big reasons. So uh, when I was uh, when I was in the UK, I, I got into the ocean a lot. I got into the sea a lot. I, I liked surfing. I liked all kind of water activities, and you know, but it was cold, so it was painful. So uh, I wanted to go somewhere coastal, somewhere sunny, uh, and I thought of California and I thought of Florida. Um, so Florida actually sent out um, their head of international admissions to that school to recruit some students, and I ended up uh, sitting down with him and I had a chat with him, and it was a, you know, it was a great chat, and, and you know, he kind of really sold me on on Florida. And you know, you guys don't know that, but if you're if you've never been in the U.S. before and you think of Florida, what comes up to your head is Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Cuban girls, Brazilian girls, like you know, beaches, palm trees, and so on, and and you think this is this is what Florida is, right? And <laughs> uh, you know, and then you come to Gainesville, the closest body of water or closest you know uh, access to ocean or sea or whatever. It's uh, an hour and a half away, um, and it's definitely not Miami, but. I'm glad it's not <laughs> because you know what you want when you're young might not be exactly what you want when you grow up right so it Miami is good it's kind of like a theme park you go to every once in a while for me at least you know but I don't see myself uh, living in a place like this you know uh, Gainesville is a very very special um, for me right now and I it it took it took me quite a while to realize how special this place is, and um, but you know I'm I'm glad I kind of stuck it out, and now I'm really seeing what the beauty of it and what it gives back um, to you as a person being here. How long did it take you to figure out how special this place was? Um, so. You know, when I did my undergrad, I spent four years here and I enjoyed them, but I thought that was it. Um, I did start a business here for two years, but I always had that thought in my head that Gainesville is a place to start, not a place to grow. Um, so I was here to start and then I transitioned. I moved to Austin actually for about a year, uh, just a little less than a year. And it was a great experience. It was an eye-opening experience being in a different um, city in the U.S. Um, and, you know, doing the entrepreneurship thing there, which, you know, Austin also has a very good uh, entrepreneurship environment. But I came back. Uh, I came back to Gainesville and uh, very happy that I did. So it took it took about four, four or five years for me to really, you know, grasp, uh, grasp that. But also things have changed, Colin. I mean, you know, Gainesville now is not the Gainesville that used to be five years ago and it will probably not be the same Gainesville it would be five years from now so um, I think now I'm seeing more and more people realize that Gainesville is a place to be um, and is a, not just a place to start but a place to grow and it, I mean you're seeing all these um, startups or you know medium sized companies becoming larger and larger retaining talent and keeping people involved which is amazing and you didn't see as much of that a few years ago right um, and it's critical mm-hmm. I mean I think it's critical to see like a lot of these startups like growing and, and growing and growing and then and staying and, keep, and like you said keeping that talent here which is fantastic that's right so yeah. take us so take us back like I mean to the very first startup I mean did you sure. just, did you start while you were in school and like I, I just remember the business right and I remember you, talking to you guys and yeah so I'll, I'll give you a little background story yeah, yeah, right yeah. so when I was in college as an international student you're not allowed to work outside of the university. Um, So you come in with a student visa, you can work inside the university. So uh, the jobs that were available, I picked up one of them, which was a job in housing uh, for the University of Florida. I was a disc assistant. Basically, I was a guy in the dorm. If you you got a package, if you lost your key, if you have a problem in your room, you need maintenance, you come to me. Um, So I did that job for about three years and a half throughout college. So I had a very uh, good understanding of uh, the housing situation at the University of Florida. And one problem that housing department used to run into every single year was the move out day. Uh, you know, it is it is literally the toughest day for any housing department uh, at any large university because you get thousands of parents come in with their cars, with their vans, with their trucks. Uh, you have people moving out. The campus is congested and campus is not made for a lot of cars, it's not made for that many people you know, uh, being around at the same time, but um, students got to move out. And the other issue was 
the one question that we did not have an answer to when say a student is leaving um, you know spring has finished but they're coming back for summer A they're coming back for summer B and they live in Miami so the parent you know calls you and is like okay where do I put my son's stuff you know they're coming back in in two weeks for summer A why do I have to move their things all the way down to Miami or to Tampa or whatever and where am I going to put them? The University of Florida did not have a storage uh, you know uh, capabilities and they did not there wasn't a storage provider here in Gainesville that they could recommend and that they can stand behind. So that was one, that's the one question that we did not have an answer to and we always had to constantly apologize. So when you are in college and when you're studying business and entrepreneurship and things like that, they tell you, if you wanna start a business, find a problem and find a solution for it. You know, come up with a solution for a problem. So I I always knew that this was a problem, right? Um, And, um, once I went to an event by Gator Lab, um, which was uh, Gator Lab, it's uh, kind of an incubator program um, that was geared towards students and young people who want to start up, as, you know, start businesses and stuff like this. And and they had different genres of, um, you know, different startups or different uh, different industries. And one of them was um, storage. Uh, so this is the this is the one kind of part where I felt like you know I, I know something about this and I, I I know I know the problem I know the issue and um, I went to their event and I ended up connecting with uh, Luke McGurin uh, who was also a student at the University of Florida he was getting into entrepreneurship he had his t-shirt company and I went with a friend of mine Gilbert uh, Gilbert Mudenda so you know we we kind of decided that, you know, we talked about it, obviously, we decided to come up with that solution. So the company was called Hallbox, and uh, Hallbox essentially is an on-demand storage and retrieval service. Um, It was technology powered, so basically, um, say you're a student, you're moving out in, in, in a week time, you go onto our website or to our app, you request, uh, say, six, seven plastic containers. Um, we drop them off at your dorm at a you know specific time that you pick, a specific date. Um, you fill them up. Every box or container has a barcode on it. And through the app, you can kind of scan that barcode to um, kind of document what's inside of it. You know, it turns on the camera, you can take a few pictures of what you put inside each box, you close them, and then you go on the app and you set up a time for us to come pick it up. We pick it up, we start at our facility, and a few months later, you move back to campus or you move uh, somewhere else, and you put in that you wanted uh, your items dropped off to X location and we drop it off. So it's basically a way for, people to just be able to store their stuff temporarily and have them dropped off to them. They didn't need a car. They didn't need their parents to come up. And now students started, you know, doing that and just taking the bus home instead of their parents. You know, traditionally their parents will take a day off and then they will drive all the way up here. will stay at a hotel and then they will pack up all their son or daughter stuff and then they will go back and only to do that a few weeks later. So we basically alleviated that pain. And, and what that, you know, allowed us to do is we, so the first season was tough because we had a hustle. We, I mean, we were out of college. We did not have a penny, uh, you know, either of us. And, and, you know, to build a system like this, you needed technology and, and you needed apps and you needed backend. And so the beginnings were rough, but, you know, it kind of worked out. And, you know, at some point we grew and we can get into that in, in a little bit too, but we partnered with the University of Florida. That was a, that was huge for us. And, um, yeah, business was good. It was a very, very, very tough job, especially because it was very seasonal. But uh, right. that's kind of that's how I started in 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 the first, you know, my my first startup. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Like I can totally empathize with the, <laughs> oh, with sure, the you seasonality, know. man. Oh my gosh. I mean, because we do. I mean, we do something. I mean, we do scooter storage, right? And like, sure. That's super seasonal. And then, of course, you know, it's funny because during those back to school times, everybody's coming back, right? Everybody wants their stuff, probably yep. all on the same day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like we have exactly. everybody picking up their scooter all on the same all day, same while day. everybody who didn't do storage is like dropping their scooter off for service because they left it sitting all summer. While we have like you know, hundreds of people trying to buy scooters all on the same day. It's just like, oh my gosh, the seasonality is like insane. So I totally feel you on that. Yeah, yeah. The amount of scaling up and scaling down we had to do is unbelievable. Let me me just put you in perspective. There's 50, you know, 55,000 students at the University of Florida. A lot of them live in the dorms. You know, you'll have five, 600 people that use your service and they want every individual box they stored with you back within 
two day period, you want to, I mean, there is a 7,000 square feet warehouse that is full, I mean, boxes stacked on top of each other, and you needed to take all that within two days, and deliver it. it, right? And it had, and, and the boxes are, you know, they look exactly the same. It's all tracked by barcode. It's all, you know, so it was, it was a very, very tough job. You know, we, we had to hire 20 people at a time uh, during the season, and we were, at some points, we were going twenty four seven, you know, did, did, to to just try to meet that seasonality. So it was definitely, it was definitely tough. I mean, I mean, because then you had like three months where people didn't need to touch their stuff at all, right? I mean, right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was either all in or like yep. nothing. Yeah, yeah, dude, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can relate. So it hits much. home a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I mean, was that the bottleneck? I mean, like, uh, that, so the seasonality was definitely a bottleneck. Um, I mean, is the company still in business? It is not. It is, it not. is not. Okay. We 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 definitely stopped uh, operations. Um, we what what when you know what we really invested in was the technology, and the technology is still there. So we can potentially pick it back up whenever we want. I mean, the concept is, is you know, people really liked it. The, the reviews were great. I mean, parents just loved it. The university ate it up. I mean, they offered us a partnership for free and they were doing our marketing for us. They were sending, we would send them the email that we want to go to freshmen. We would send them to email that we want to go to uh, parents to, you know, and, and because it was, it was solving their problem. It was solving the, the parents' problem and the student problem, they were happy to help. They wanted us I know, I mean, to succeed. It's good PR too, right? It's like, oh, sure. the University of Florida is backing up a University of Florida student business. Sure. I mean, that, that, I mean that's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. what the, 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 the bottleneck was, well, I, I guess why we stopped doing this business is, you know, I'm gonna go back to, to that point of find a problem and find a solution for it. What they don't teach you is find a problem you give a shit about. And, <laughs> and as, as, you know, as, as man. It, yeah, but can, but can you like can eventually you give a shit about yeah. it? You know, I, you know I, it's funny because, and the reason, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you, you right? Ahead. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I was not passionate about scooters. Mm-hmm. Right, like, uh, like I've become passionate about scooters, but I was definitely passionate about the problem. Right, right. I'm like, dang, this is a big problem. Like the University of Florida, like these students are sitting at bus stops and these buses are driving by full. Like this is frustrating as hell. Like somebody's yep. got to do something about this. Why hasn't this been fixed? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> and <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And, and this so I became is... passionate about the problem, ended up solving the problem. And and this is uh, <laughs> this is what kept me going for two years and a half, right? Okay. And let me let me just tell you something. Let me put you in perspective here. Moving day is the third most stressful event in life after death and divorce, right? <laughs> so you are not dealing with happy clients. I mean, oh it is May in Florida or August, even worse, mm-hmm. right? Uh, move in and move out. Um, they drove God knows how many hours. It is hot. I mean, they just want to move in or move out. And, you know, people are just, you can't expect them to be that friendly, you know, in, in, in these circumstances. Uh, and, you know, luckily our service was such a convenience to them that we always got, you know, uh, a lot of love from our clients and, you know, a lot of appreciation. But at the end of the day, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, and I remember this vividly. I remember that breaking point when I was uh, sitting at a warehouse and, you know, after an 18 hour shift, I was maybe 22 at a time at the time or tw- yeah, 23, 22, something like this. And I'm thinking, wow, like I'm just spending countless hours of a warehouse. I'm 22 years old and, and I'm not really having fun. I mean, it is physically exhausting. I mean, sure. what we were doing is physical, right? And it was, it was draining. I mean, during the season, we would lose so much weight and we would not sleep. All of us would get sick. I mean, I mean you know, right? Uh, and, and, you know, but our product was, you know, literally carrying thousands of boxes up and down and truck. And, and, and you had, our time frames were two hours. So every truck used to service about 15 clients every two hours. That was what we had to run by to make to make it work. And when you need to check in or out 15 people in a two hour you know, time period, I mean, moving companies do a client, maybe a, two clients a day. You know, we were doing 15 every two hours, each truck, each team. So, I mean, the efficiencies we worked out were amazing, you know, but still at that point is, I wanted to do something 
I am so passionate about and I enjoy the most. And and that and that was very difficult for me to pull the plug on on Hallbox because especially when it's your first company and when you're going against everybody's popular opinion, right? Especially my parents. I have Arab parents, you know, Middle Eastern parents is their son is either a lawyer either a doctor, you know, or, or, or something within that. So, me so you're st- already going against the grain right. and the thought of being a failure and entre- mm-hmm. you know, in your first business is like, oh my gosh, am I n- I'm never gonna hear the end of it. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, at the beginning, my parents were like, you know, you have a finance degree, you, you got a job on Wall Street, what are you doing hauling boxes, you know? <laughs> and, and what they didn't get is, it was so much more than hauling boxes. I mean, I learned marketing, I learned software development, I learned, you know, I learned so much, I learned sales. If I went to Wall Street and I sat at my, you know, prop trading desk and, you know, just traded equities for eight hours, okay, great, I would get really good at that one specific skill, but what if I get bored of it and want to transition? I don't have any transferable skills at that point. So this was my thought process is, I fell in love with entrepreneurship because it just teaches you so much more than what any particular job does. And this is why I decided to stay with it. And, you know, giving up Hallbox was extremely difficult, but I did because I knew what was coming is gonna make me a better person and is gonna really kind of satisfy my, you know, my, my, my love for life uh, a lot more than, you know, staying in a warehouse for 18 hours. Yeah, that's so good. You know, it makes me think about, you know, just, you know, new scooters for less, just entrepreneurship in general. You know, we got repaint the wall now. Like we're doing like, I like to do a lot, <laughs> right? I, like I, I love I love being an entrepreneur, but it feels good. Like it feels good knowing that if all of it fails, new scooters for less is gone tomorrow, repaint's gone tomorrow, podcast, like everything's gone tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, I can, I legitimately think that I can get a job with a ton of companies mm-hmm. in Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. I, I legit, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I, 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 it feels good having that. You know, thinking that okay, I, I believe that I could go get a job tomorrow if I had to. Now, the other side of me is like, I'll never work for anybody, right? <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. It's in my DNA. It's yeah. in my blood. This is what I'm going to do forever. But still, if I had to go get a job, I believe that I could. Yeah. And 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 so you're right. And I think it's just because you learn all those different skills over. You know, for me, it's been 15 years of doing this. You yeah. know, so yeah. I think you're spot on. So what did parents say to that? Uh, you know, parents are very supportive. Um, they, since I was young, they they knew I was going the di- a different route from whatever the normal route is. And since I was young, I was always trading in things, you know. And I never had the knack for, you know, I never wanted to be an engineer. My brother's an engineer. He works for Apple, and he's like the epitome of like uh, somebody who's very smart. He does what he needs to do to get where he needs to get, and he the, he doesn't take shortcuts, right? And you know, look where life got him. He works in, you know, in Cupertino for Apple, making that big bucks and, you know, stuff like this. Um, I was always uh, the adventurous guy that, you know, does things a little differently. So they they knew going into it that uh, uh, that I would probably do something untraditional, and they were always supportive. But I I used to like sense the. Uh, you know that the, their worry, uh, right? And but but thankfully now they they see the picture. They see they see what I've done, what I've accomplished, and how much I grew. Um, and they totally appreciate that, and they're totally down. They're like, now whenever I have a conversation with my mom, she comes up with all these crazy ideas for startups and stuff, which was amazing. You know <laughs> yeah. that that wouldn't have happened, uh, you know, a few years ago. Dude, it's so funny. I mean, yeah. it just makes me think about my relationship with my parents. <laughs> right. You know, I mean. If I told my parents tomorrow, hey, I'm starting a new company, they'd be like, that's awesome. I, exactly. like, what, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> what do you need? But, but, but dude, when I started, when I started the bit, you know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. I think I want to start my own business. And, and like, my, my poor dad, <laughs> as supportive as he is, he hates that I tell the story. But mm-hmm. like, you know, my dad, I mean, he told me, hey, and when you fail in six months, do not come crying to me for money. Yeah. I mean, 
I was like, I just like to think that dad knew at an early, at an early age that you needed that. You, know, some, you, sometimes you needed wonder, your back against the wall and he knew that that was going to make you, know, you successful. I've, I've like said plenty of times, I've said plenty of times that I wonder if that, like my dad did it on purpose, yeah. you know, knowing that I would go anyway. But, but it's, you know, now like it, it's so funny cause I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking about starting a new company. Like, oh, it's awesome. Like, what are, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and they, and of course they were, when I did make the decision, they were extremely supportive and I mean, even invested in the company a few months later, you know what I mean? So yeah. like they definitely backed me and it, and especially as I like continued to say, look, I, you know, at the time, you know, I wasn't married, I didn't have kids, I didn't have a mortgage, I didn't have all these things that right. I did not see, you know, leaving after 10 years of being in the corporate world right. to risk, you know, exactly. and, and go start a business then. Um, Cause they were very much like, oh, that's, that's great. I like, you know, glad that you have an entrepreneurial spirit, but maybe we should wait, you know, 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, build, build up some savings and then go doing it. And I just did that, not yeah, see ever. That's, that's the word. I feel, I feel like that is for me when I started Hotbox, it was great because I had nothing to lose. I literally had $25 in my bank account. That was, right. if I lost everything, it'd be $25, right. right? But if I came into it with 200 grand in savings, then I have 200 grand's worth of loss that I can lose, you know? Absolutely. And, Honestly, when you start a business with money, any problem that comes, the immediate solution that comes into your head is, let's just drop some money on it and we'll solve that solution. We'll solve that problem, right? Uh, but when you start a business without, without financial backing, you start getting creative. And this is when you found. This is when you start finding these little gems that, or these little skill sets that you, you know, that you have that you didn't think you had, and those will stay with you forever. You know, the the type of dealings that you start dealing with people like, you know, trading services and trading skills and stuff like this, and and finding, you know, um, say talent, you know, say you don't, you can't afford local talent, you start looking for talent somewhere else that's a little cheaper for, for you to, you know, get, a, uh, get your business going, things like that, you don't learn if you start with money. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's just interesting being able to like very much relate our, our stories. Sure. You know? it's, like, <laughs> it's fascinating. So, all right. So take me back to <clears throat> like, I mean, now you got a new company. I see you traveling the world. Yeah. I mean, so you made the call, you guys made the call, like shut down Hallbox, right? You still have the technology somewhere you can bring it back from the dead one day. Right. In fact, sometimes I think that could be kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you decided to do that some, at some point, but, um, but now you're you're doing what now? Tell, so tell us. Uh, I I'll 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 lead you into it. How okay, about this? Okay, right? perfect. So when when I when I told you I was at that I was at the warehouse after the very long shift, thinking like, what am I doing here? And I started thinking like, if it, if not Hallbox, what else? Right? In in I started thinking of all these cliche things of follow your passion and. I was thinking like, okay, well, what does that even mean? What's my passion, right? And I think this is what a lot of people run into is like, what's my passion? What's my passion? And I, you know, I didn't grow up particularly special in any kind of sport. I didn't, you know, grow, like I didn't grow up playing an instrument that I can, you know, fall back into or whatever. But I knew one thing, I liked traveling, uh, you know, but how can you make that into a profession? You know, like you, you what, you, if you like traveling, you're gonna work at a travel agency and book flights for you know uh, old people that don't use the internet so it was a, it was a, it was a very hard um, right I mean, I mean yeah I guess you could <laughs> but so I, I wanted to actually travel but how could you make this into a business and you know we me and and actually my my previous business partner in, in the first travel company we you know we thought through a lot of niches in travel and she was interested in travel too and we found that Hey, we we love working out of a coffee shop. You know, we we love working out of coffee shops, out of you know uh, co-working spaces, stuff like this. When I had Hobox, I had four offices in the building that we rented, and I never worked in them. I just didn't like that office environment. I wanted to be somewhere a little more social, stuff like this. And I found out that you can do, you can get work outside the office. And um, so basically, what we ended up coming up with is a program um, called the Remote Experience. And what it is is basically. Say you have a job that you don't need to be in an office for, that you can do it online, which is most, I mean, a lot of jobs now. You know, if you're anything within, you know, marketing, design, software development, um, even, you know, a lot of people, accounting, uh, writers, stuff like this, entrepreneurs, they can work out of their computers. It, traditionally, if you want to travel long term, 
is you quit your job and you go travel for six months and then you come back. That hinders your your career, right? And Or you just stay in a job and then go for a week vacation here and there. So we basically try to mix both and say, hey, come up with us, come out with us and we will take you to four different countries. Each month we will be in a different country and we will organize all the logistics behind you getting work done. So we will rent out office spaces for you guys We will or co-working spaces. We will have 24-7 Wi-Fi. We'll have apartments with Wi-Fi in. We'll have, you know, we'll take care of all the logistics, um, you know, flights, insurances, weekend activities. And it's basically, it was kind of like a study abroad program, but for working adults. And you'll be surrounded with a, with a bunch of people that also are entrepreneurs or working online or working remotely. So that way you can, you know, really see the world, but also, you know, keep up with your career. So this is kind of what we did. We, you know, we, we took out, I think the first trip was 14 uh, people and it was a four month long in Europe, every month, a different country. And essentially, I mean, they do their, their work nine to five or whatever it is. And then when they're not working, instead of them living in San Francisco or New York or whatever, now they live in split Croatia or Prague, Czech Republic or Vietnam or whatever it is. So we, those trips were about four months four months uh, in length. And then we do four months Europe, four months Southeast Asia, then four months South America. And we're basically just chasing the summer. So it was kind of like a summer chasing uh, program. And uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of how to mix, you know, something you're passionate about and something that makes money and, and put them together. And once we did this, I mean, life changed so much. Yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you. I, sometimes I'm just walking and laughing because I, I really love what I do now, you know? Uh, before. Well, you're not lifting any of those boxes exactly. anymore. <laughs> and exactly. Sweating to death in a warehouse. And, and you know, the, the motivator for me, I mean, it completely changed now. Like my perspective on life really, really changed since when I was in college, you know, when I was in college or even when I was younger, the biggest motivator, I was always trying to capitalize for money, right? Like. That's the biggest motivator. How can I get money? How can I make as much money? Now I'm capitalizing for happiness. How can I live a life that I'm really happy with, you know? And it, sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with how much money you have. Actually, a lot of times it doesn't, right? And I can't tell you, I mean, so many of my clients now work really, really good jobs, making maybe multiples of however much I'm making. And they all tell me, I wish I had your job. <laughs> all right, so when did that shift happen for you? I mean, like, what, uh, I, how old were you? Like, it was, it was, it was around that time when I started the remote experience. Actually, I remember reading uh, one of the catalysts for it. It was a book. Um, I don't know. You probably heard of it. It's called The Four Hour Work Week mm-hmm. by Tim Ferriss. And uh, I've been following Tim Ferriss for quite a while, and and he had such a great influence on on my career and and my life in general and how I perceive things. And it, you, you know, you start realizing that. Even when you make money, if you don't have time, that is the issue because time is the most expensive thing there is. It's not money. It's not a house. It's not a car. For sure. And if you're working all your life, you know, in and and in the U.S., it has such a culture of um, you know people were posting like, you know, however much they've been working, worked a seventeen-hour shift, work whatever, and you know, hustling. And I, and I love hustling. The hustle is great, but also you got to see why you're doing all that. What are you trying to get? Are you trying to just get money or are you trying to be happy, right? And and I, I you know, transitioned completely from trying to work as much as I can, is trying to be as productive as I can to leave as much time free for me as possible. And that took a long time to get to this stage where I can work three and a half hour days and, you know, I'm making more than enough money to keep me happy and it's growing but I'm now you know making my work in order you know of priority um, I'm batching things I'm not you know I'm not chasing things that don't really add value to my business or to my personal life and just really narrow it down is what's important to me what's important to the business let's just get down to it instead of doing all the fluff so tell me where's Tell me where's the coolest place you've been? Oof. Um, hmm. So, 
the coolest place. So I, I will tell you my favorite place. Actually, can um, you answer a couple things? Sure. One, well, all right. One, coolest, coolest place you've been. Mm-hmm. All right. How much would it cost if I wanted to do this thing? Mm-hmm. All right. Because we're gonna have a lot, everybody's gonna be wondering. Oh, this is so cool. Like, how much? How much would it cost for me to do this? And um, and then the coolest thing. Uh, actually, start with those two. All right. So <laughs> my so hard to keep track yeah. of questions. I, 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 got, I got so many questions. You're like yeah. talking. I'm like l- listing questions as we go. How many know. scooters can I sell in Dubrovnik? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> like let's 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 go. All right. So coolest place you've been in the cost of the trip? Uh, so my favorite place is Bali. Bali in Indonesia. Uh, it's a tropical island. Amazing food, nature, and most importantly, really, really, really great locals. Um, getting there is the most expensive thing is the flight uh, but once you're there it is dirt cheap um, maybe uh, you know you can find a flight for $800 return but once you are there I mean the luxury that you can live in there with a US budget it is unbelievable i give you an example I rented out this one bedroom villa um, with its own swimming pool um, and the swimming pool looks over a jungle, so nobody can even like look in. I mean, I was naked 90% of that month, <laughs> I will tell you that. I mean, just tanning without anything, you know, because yeah. nobody can look in, it's great. Um, that with a maid that came three days a week to like do your laundry and wash your dishes and clean that. <laughs> How much laundry did you have to do? Yeah, I mean, you were walking around <laughs> naked, come on. <laughs> she would literally like wash two shorts and like she will, and I was like, you, you can batch those. You can, you can like every two weeks you could do one load, but uh, you know, um, that costed me $550 a month. And that's including really good Wi-Fi, electricity, and everything. And that, that's how that's how much I pay in Gainesville, you know. Um, and that's a villa, right, with its own pool and all and everything. And food there is incredible. I mean, it, it is so cheap. You can you can really, I mean, you can go there for two weeks and spend less than four hundred bucks. And I mean, and live it, live it up there. Like, so, and and that's one of the things I. I yeah, but are you designing like are you designing these trips? Because you say yeah, it's a four month program, right? So mm-hmm. you design it. So like, if I wanted to go on this four month program, like, what does that cost me as the remote oh, right. entrepreneur? Right, right, right. So, so actually, so we ran this business for two years and some, and then we stopped, and now I'm doing another business. So. You won't have the chance to to to. You know what? It, it just. I, I will go into why yeah, yeah, I yeah, made yeah. that transition. But that program uh, for four months it was ten thousand dollars. Okay. And that includes all the flights, uh, all the accommodations, the insurance, the activities, everything apart from food. Um, and ten thousand dollars. That's two thousand. You know, uh, two thousand five hundred dollars a month. Yep. And you know, for a lot of our clients, that was what they paid in rent. You know, and now they just sublease their apartment in San Francisco. And a lot of them were actually making money. Like, like they spending way less because what we do is we go to countries that are not super expensive. So, you know, in Europe, for example, we don't go to France. We don't go to you know like Germany. We go to Croatia, Yugoslavia, uh, no, sorry, um, Czech, uh, Czech Republic. Um, Spain, things that have a lot to offer, but not, you know, they have a lot more bang for the buck. Mike, what you got? My gears are just turning. turning. Yeah, like I mean, it's interesting because we live in such. I mean, we we are definitely entering a world of the remote lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's been interesting because here I am. I've been an entrepreneur of a retail dealership mm-hmm. for fifteen years, and now I'm making a, a transition, if you will, mm-hmm. to a you know me at least me personally. Like I'm the CEO right. of a media company. My CEO of the of New Scooters Flesh, mm-hmm. you know, running the retail business. So. For me, like I'm stepping into a new world, right. and I'm seeing a group of team members who, uh, and, and I think just in general, like everybody loves the flexibility. Right. Like you know, um, with retail, I mean, you're a retail shop. You yeah. have to be open between. Well, I mean, we're open from ten to 10 six. To six. Right. right. So you got to be open. You got to work from ten to six. Whereas with remote team members, the the ability and the flexibility to be able to, to one work from anywhere in the world and to work on your own time. Like, I don't manage their time. Like, right. they gotta put 40 hours in. I'm, if they wanna do eight hours in the middle of the night because they work better in the middle of the night, 
all power to you. Do your thing. I don't care as long as you're, you know, you're getting your work done and you're meeting the deadlines that we have set, right? Exactly. And and I, I think you know the generations that are now entering the workforce, um, they love that flexibility. They, they love to be able to do that. So I think you're really on to something. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Bali. Walking that, around that, naked. <laughs> Heaven help us. Yeah. That, <laughs> no, that's right. That's hundred percent. The the new generation. I mean, the millennials in general. The the biggest thing for them is flexibility. And offering, you know, like I've, you know, obviously I was in the industry, so I've read so many, you know, articles through LinkedIn and so on. And and it is such a big motivator when you can work remotely um, to to recruit talent. Uh, and, and you know, our our first goal when we started that business is to make sure nobody gets fired while on their more experience. That was kind of our benchmark of are we doing good? Or are we failing to keep that promise? That was kind of our big promise in. We were really happy to see people getting promoted um, when 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 they are abroad, and 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 there and there are some people that worked at companies that traditionally never Hold sent on, so anybody. So you saw else. that? So you're like you're abroad with somebody and they're getting promoted? Yeah, somebody is like having promotion celebrations and they're like <laughs> not even near the team at home base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it what it, the hell? I don't understand. I mean, if if, if they're doing productivity good, goes if, up, if they're, yeah, if they're more productive and they're they're churning out more more and better work. Why not? And and That's you know, th- there's so many instances where, say, somebody comes in from IBM, says, "I can," you know, my boss only allowed me one month, for example, right? And they come in, and then you know, twenty days later, they, you know, they're doing really good, and they ask their boss, like, "Hey, can I stay another month?" Like, you can stay another two, and. You know, like think, that's happening. Like that, bosses that, are saying, yeah, "Yeah, stay another two. You're good." I mean, it's if if you're if you're putting out the work, then why not? Ma- it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Productivity's up. They're remote. They're not being distracted by the things that are going in the office. I mean, I don't. know. It's just all fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, that that business took us into a lot of places, and it was it was really cool. We got you know featured everywhere on Forbes, CNN, BBC. You know, all the big publications. What this remote experience business? Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but at some point, I had to leave it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why? Like, what's? I mean, is it is it boredom? Like, are you just kind of like, all right, I'm kind of over this business. Like, I or do you feel like you solved that problem? Check and now moving on. Like, what is like what is it? So, uh, few things. Well, few reasons. One of them was a big, big reason, um, which I'll I'll get it to. I'll get to it last um, but a few of the reasons one the competition became pretty fierce so when you are doing something cool when we started there was two other companies that are doing something within the same room as us not not like us but something similar one 12 months later there were 72 companies uh, doing exactly what we're doing and I mean when I say exactly I mean a lot of them copied 72. our website I used to get emails because they even copied the support email. Uh, like some of them would like just copy the whole text and we'll get their emails, right? So <laughs> it was one of those businesses that seems easy to do and it's fun to do. So a lot of people try to, you know, try to do it. Some successfully, some not. Some came in with big funding, you know, to do this, some not. Um, obviously we started, we started with nothing too. We started with a credit card. Um, that was one. Two, after you do this for two plus years, and I, mind you, I am on every single retreat. I'm, I'm in every single month. I'm, I'm there the whole time, uh, me and my business partner. So you, we get them in four months. So four months Europe, we take one day break to basically go to Asia. Then we start the Asia group. And then we take one day break. We travel to Latin America and we start another four months in Latin America. So year round, right? And uh, you get people that come in the first month and they're so hyped. You know, it's the first time going to, you know, Philippines or whatever it is. And and they want to go out. They want to do everything and they want to have fun. And and you have, as a host, you have to match their energy, right? So you got to be hyped. You got to go out. You got to do all that stuff. And, you know, first, second, third month, they start kind of cooling down. Fourth month, you know, they get in the groove and, you know, all good they leave, a new group comes in, and then you have to go way up again, right? And you have to match their energy and stuff. And, you know, I'm an extrovert. I like these things. You know, I like going out. I like doing, you know, seeing new things. So, Was anybody, it, like, homesick? Like, after a month, they're like, I want to go home? Um, no. All right, cool. I, just, I don't I recall wondering. a single incident of anybody uh-huh. saying, I want to go home. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so, yeah, we did that for two years, and, and at some point, it gets a little heavy, right? Um, you know, you you miss having some sort of routine, right? You miss uh, 
being somewhere calm. Like I could not just sit at home and watch Netflix for one night. I could not because there's that FOMO thing going, right? Where people are going to this beach bar or people going here or there and everybody's calling you. And, and, and when you travel with 15 people, I mean, you become so close to everybody, you know? Sure. And, and, and there is this, I mean, there is this big study that happened about, you know, how to make people bond. And the first thing is get people that they don't know each other and put them in a, a, a situation where it's out of their comfort zone together. Mm-hmm. And this is how you get the fastest uh, bonding experiences between people. And that's essentially what used to happen. But anyway, so I, I you know, I also, you know, I, I miss the times where I can just relax and, and, and you know, Come home and and the, and have it like have it Netflix you know, and yeah. chill. Netflix and chill, exactly. I mean, so if you're doing four uh, month sprints though, or four months mm-hmm. at a time, right? You're doing why you can not take a month off in between? Because it just it, it so the year are is split in three, right? So you got four months, four months, four months, and and every program is a four month program. It's already packaged, and when you take a month off, imagine just closing your door for a month. Would you do that? I'm for new scooters for less. Only if I'm making he, a lot of money. He doesn't like the door closed for an hour. So. Right, so it, it, it's, it's, it, it, that business didn't make all that much money. Mike just and, closed and, this on Saturdays and I'm pissed. Like, I mean. <laughs> True story. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you know, if you close, you're not making money. And if you're not making money, you know, you need to be paying bills, right? So, um, but the, those are not the reasons why we stopped. The reason why we stopped is I got a green card here in the US. And when you do have a green card, it, it limits your travel somewhat. So it makes you, it, it puts that rule where you can't be outside the US for more than six months a, a, every year, uh. right? So they wanna make sure that you actually live in the US. And I got my green card actually when I almost first started that business. So I spent almost two years outside the US. And every time, like, you know, I'll go back maybe for a week here and there just to try to, you know, keep some grounds here. And and uh, the last time I was passing by, I was passing to the US, they told me, hey buddy, um, it doesn't even look like you live here, so we're gonna let you in this time, but there is no, you know, if you if you go travel again for however many months and you try to come back, we might we might just revoke your entrance, right? So I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't take that chance. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we- Start a new business! Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, came home, um, closed it off, and then started something new. Okay, so what's the new thing? The new thing. So I mean, we've only absorbed the whole hour. <laughs> did you, the did you ever think things? of just having somebody else run that business? Yeah, I did. I did. I did multiple times. But that <laughs> business over here, he's, he's like, like volunteer tribute. <laughs> we, we got volunteers in the room. That business. I mean, I could not pay somebody enough to run it. Um, it is a twenty-four-seven business, mm. right? You are with a group of usually like young adults in in somewhere foreign. I mean my day starts really early and ends really late, right? And and I just give so much attention to everything that goes into it. I mean, you know, people get in trouble, people this, people that. So there, there isn't like a, you know, if I hire somebody, they gotta have some work hours, right? And and for me, there, there was no work hours. It was, it was, it was life, right? And, and it's hard to hire somebody that will care about it as much as you do. And because here you are not just dealing with a product, you're dealing with people's lives and you need to really have somebody that you can really trust to take care of them and to make sure that they don't, you know, um, fail with their jobs, they don't get in trouble, they don't get in situations where it's dangerous, where it's, you know. Um, so I did not have somebody like that, that I can rely on and, and, and I could not put somebody in, in, you know, put somebody that I don't really trust and then have people uh, fly in and, and have them take care of, of everything. So. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get my chance, my, my, myself to do it. So I just decided I'm just going to start a new thing and I'm just going to... Well, the, so How old are you now? I'm 28. I mean, 28. I mean, the bottom line is you've traveled to some of the coolest places on in the world and done more than most people would ever have the opportunity to do, you know? Um, so it's still pretty cool. Um, yeah, very fortunate. And I mean, it... You know, although I close it, the, what came after was much cooler. I think, okay. or, or like as cool, if not much cooler. Right, and, cool. and 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 you learn from every business. It's the first entrepreneur on here with fifty businesses. I'm excited. <laughs> you learn so much from the business you started before, and you apply. You yeah, know, of course. And, and the, you know, for example, dude. I mean, in the same in the same regard, like I always tell people, like that are thinking about hiring repaint. You know, our media company. I'm like, dude, like new scooters for less is the portfolio, right? I'm like, why should you hire us? 
Exactly. New Scooter yeah. Slip. We built the number one scooter dealership in the country. Let me show you the ways we're doing it. Let me show you how we're executing. Absolutely. Yeah. The business before is the portfolio, you know? It's, yeah. It's excellent. 100%. Yeah. Cool. All right, so what's the new thing? So basically came back and uh, I did not really, you know, I didn't want to get a job. Obviously, uh, after doing that, there's no going sitting behind a desk, right? So <laughs> I wanted to stay in the travel industry, but um, because that was a lot of fun. So you went to that travel agency and now you're booking Now I'm booking for, for cruises now for 60 year olds. No, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I wanted something that uh, made also a, a little more money because before we couldn't charge that much because you're not charging people vacation rates because they're going, this is a lifestyle rate. They're going there for four or five months, so it gotta be affordable for them. It's, it's kind of like paying rent, right? But so I, I realized, okay, I gotta get into something, I gotta get into the short-term travel. Be, one, because my I can't leave the US for more than six months a year. Two, short-term travel makes a lot of money. Uh, be in, in terms of, you know, when people go on vacation, they spend a lot more than their normal life oh, and, yeah. and people when they're coming to my remote experience they were living life they weren't going on a vacation right okay. so I wanted to make these retreats the one week retreats you know you see all these yugis doing them you know like a, a motivational speaker doing a retreat in Belize or whatever and they charge you know $3,000 a week or something like that and I used to charge 2500 a month you know but the, 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 the thing that I didn't have, I didn't have that special talent that people would come fly into that retreat and pay for, you know, to hang out with me for a week, right? So, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a, a, a fitness guru or a yogi or whatever motivational speaker. And, you know, thought about it here and there. And I realized that there's a lot of people that have a very big audience, um, you know, have influence, they have uh, reputation that, they could be the subject of that retreat. They just don't know how to set up a retreat, right? They've never been in that business. And I thought, well, maybe I will contact uh, some of these people and I will make retreats for them and I will organize it under my brand, uh, well, under like my company and they can just promote it, you know, through their social medias. And I'm talking people that have like millions of followers or subscribers and, and so on. And it was always the things that I'm interested in. I'm very, I was very interested in fitness and so, I contacted a few athletes and hey, would you wanna, you know, do a one week experience in, you know, whatever Thailand or whatever it is and it will be about fitness, it will be about nutrition and it will be about meeting people that, uh, that you know, um, are following you and, you know, have been, or, you know, kind of see you as, as an idol of somebody that they, you know, they trust, they, they so like. So they're promoting the event? They promote the event. Okay. So. What I have is the logistical abilities. What they have is the reach. Right. Why don't we come together and make something special? Right. So this is kind of what we what I ended up doing. So how long have you been doing this now? I, just over a year. And so far, so good. Mm -hmm. or what? So far, great, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I would totally do that. Yeah. Like a like a one week retreat. I mean, I mean, hell, even if it was just like our leadership team and like taking people, you know, to go remote and even break away and to, oh, yeah. to get that like experience, mm -hmm. but also get like the leadership training or whatever it is, mm -hmm. do that, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, equal part vacation and education, right? Yeah. So, you know, you come out and, and we first started with fitness, so we got- um, And you only have to do it for a week. Exactly. And then you can go home, Netflix mm -hmm. and chill. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And then recuperate and then yep. do it again. Yep, and the special thing about it is now I work with people that I follow and that I'm inspired by. Okay. So I go and learn, I go, I mean, I go happy as a, you know, like I, I'm so happy at every retreat I go to because it's somebody that I've been looking up to that I've been learning from. And now I get the chance to actually sit down with them and, and have a real conversation and, and really kind of learn from their experience and, and, and see what they do and how they do it. Can you tell us like somebody? Sure, so uh, right now I'm, I'm really into photography and filmmaking and videography and stuff. So I'm, I'm getting the chance to work with some really awesome people. I don't know if you'd recognize him, but um, Jordan Taylor. Uh, Jordan Taylor is a filmmaker and I what's mean- his, What's his Instagram? Um, Taylor Cut Films. Yeah, yeah, the, the video guy knows him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The video, the video so, guy knows him. Let's so Taylor what? Cut. Taylor Cut Films. Cut films. So okay. he is gonna be an executive producer for a Robert De Niro uh, movie. He is a super creative uh, creator, a videographer, producer. Verified, 538,000 followers on Instagram. 
right? So I'm following him now. So somebody like that. Um, so that's somebody that you've had the opportunity yeah. to connect with. Yeah, okay. I've, I've made a retreat with him, and we're making another one soon in India. Um, we, James will go on this retreat, won't you, James? Absolutely. <laughs> He's like, yes, I will. So I, cool, man. Yeah. So basically, I'm now doing two things, one with athletes and one with content creators and creatives because those are the two things I'm interested in. And it's really cool when you can see what you're interested in and, and, and do something in it, right? So fitness, I get you know all these world athletes. We have one coming up with the fittest women in the, in the US um, in March in Mexico. Uh, uh, so yeah, basically that's what I do now. I, I, I design experiences. Okay, so the next one's in Mexico? The next one is actually in Thailand. In Thailand. Yeah. Okay, and, and when? Uh, Thailand is January. We have India, February. We have Mexico, March. Then Chile, March. So you design Bali, the, logistic, mm -hmm. the logistics of it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, who can go? Anybody? Anybody that... Do, uh, they have, do they have to be invited by one of these influencers? Or like, could I go? No, you, you could go. Anybody, but you see, there those retreats are topic, topic specific, right? So, for example, the one with Taylor Cut Films is a filmmaking Video, retreat. For sure. Right, so it's usually the people who will spend $3,500 to go are people who are really interested in filmmaking and the people that have been following this guy and they really, really want to learn from him. Are you seeking feedback from interests of people? Like, or is this just like, you're interested in video, so you're like, um, you're like, screw it, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm uh, designing a filmmaking one because this is what I'm interested in. Right, Whoever I, I wants think, to come, comes. I, I think it's a lot more authentic and it's easier for you to do something that you're interested in. Right. For example, I mean, a lot of people, I'm just gonna give you an example. I mean, they love skateboarding, you know. I can get a skateboarding influencer or somebody who's been in the game for a, for a while and I can set it up, but I don't know the first thing about skateboarding. You know, how can I imagine what would they, what environment they would wanna be in if I don't know anything about it, right? But for example, for filmmakers, I know what they care about. I know for videographers what they care about. I know they wanna be in somewhere really cool for sunrise and sunset. I know, I know the kind of environments they wanna be in because that's me, that's something I'm interested in, right? So I design these experiences around the topic. Right. So, and and it, and and this is why this is why I get people that come up to me all the time saying this has been the best week of my life. I'm, I don't want to get into industries that I I'm not so interested in that it would seem that I'm just doing it for the money, you know. Mm -hmm. And as you know, so far I don't have to do that, right? Okay. So, what are the industries? I mean, yeah, obviously the videography one, right? The videography right. and fitness. Those are the two that those I'm doing right now. Those are the two right now? Right now? Mm -hmm. okay. So there's two brands, Active in Paradise, which is a fitness one. Um, and then there's Active Wonderlust, which is the content and the content creation. It's so interesting mm -hmm. to me. I just want to go on one of these retreats. So these like, like the people that are interested in fitness that go on these retreats, are they people that like actually get out in the gym and like, like work out kind of fitness? Or is these like people that like people that are professional athletes or, or really excel at fitness and they're they can't they don't want to do it themselves they just like being around those people kind of thing right so it's mostly people that do fitness um to all levels i mean we've had people that are just starting you know with their fitness um you know uh journey and some people who are super fit you know um but generally because there are much cheaper retreats if you take out that influencer so if you're not interested in the topic, you can just do another retreat that's just a general travel retreat, right? Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so you're obviously a very busy guy. <laughs> you, do, you, do a, you do a lot of stuff, right? And, and, it, and it's cool, it's really cool to see the evolution. I mean, yeah. all right, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, how many times have I seen you in five years? Like maybe three times, yeah, right? Not, so not, so not you're, all over, you're all yeah. over the place, right? Yeah. But keep, keep up with each other online. Mm -hmm doing this new thing. I mean, it's been a long five years. I mean, it, yeah. it seems like yesterday, but really it's been a long five years since, you know, since your hall box days sweating in yeah. the warehouse. I mean, like, like what's next? Like, do you, like, does this feel like it? Like, are you in your zone or do you, or are you going, you know, is there an, another business right around the corner? Do you have any idea? Or is um, it just kind of taking it day at a day at a time? I really, really want to grow with what I'm doing right now because it does not feel like work at all. Yeah, and I know when it feels like work. <laughs> you know, I've been at that uh, that spot, but this does not feel like work. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying it when I'm not on retreats. And thing is, that 
this just became also pretty easy. Like retreats are pretty easy to set up now, you know, because after being in, after doing it in 17 countries, there is, I have that network. I have, you know, I, for example, a few, a few days ago, I talked to another filmmaking influencer and, and I gave him a few options, a few locations. And he's like, you know what? I've been really trying to go to Chile. Chile is not a place I, I, I suggested to him. And he's like, I'd, I'd really want to do like high glaciers and stuff like that. And I just thought, hmm, like, is he going to put me in a corner now? And then <laughs> I thought of it as like, wow, I actually know a guide in Chile from when I was there three years ago that kept telling me about glacier hikes. And I just hit her up and, you know, within two, three days, we had this whole retreat set up. And it, so it, it becomes it becomes much easier. And now I just want to kind of grow it in terms of, you know, especially the filmmaking, because that's what I'm really passionate about. I want to grow it in terms of like introducing it to universities and colleges to give their, um, you know, students a chance to go out and meet some of these producers, some of these really cool um, influencer filmmaker people, you know, that, that they can give them real uh, life knowledge about, about that industry. And at the same time, you know, they can go and, and, and have fun and connect with other creatives. And just seeing what comes out of putting 15 creatives in one environment together. I mean, just a few days ago, um, one of the guys that was on the Taylor Cut films, he just moved to LA where Taylor Cut is. And Taylor just hooked him up with a job with some of the best, I mean, the best people in the game right now. He is, I'm, I'm watching his Instagram stories and I'm just, wow, like I'm yeah. so jealous. He's working with, you know, uh, with some really big name people now. Dude, relationships are everything. Yeah. Right? Like, And this guy sold his motorcycle. He did not have a job. He sold his motorcycle to come to the retreat. You know, he bet his last dollar on coming to that retreat. And I'm just so happy it worked out for him <laughs> because he met the people he needed to meet and he was so passionate and they saw that and they told him, hey, come out to LA and we will hook you up. Dude, no risk, no yeah. reward. Exactly. And if he well, didn't, he I still mean, got a great trip out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, he went, went all in. I, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's awesome. This has been super fascinating and a lot of fun. And like, I I mean, I wish we could keep going. We got to yeah. like wrap this thing up. But I want to, but we're going to talk about some stuff in the side hustle. Sure. I think this is going to yeah. be like one of the best side I hustles. Some, I got ever. some scribbles. We do like a little extra piece of content. It's like side hustle for sure. Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to address a couple of these other things in here. Sure. But uh, I, I do want to give you just a big congratulations because you are my new travel agent <laughs> whether, whether you want to be or not like i'm totally gonna be hitting you up being like all right dude like do it man i want i want to go this is where i want to go so for anybody who wants to do one of these really cool experiences if you are a videographer in the fitness industry right now you know and mm-hmm. understand that it can evolve in the future i mean how should our audience you know contact you or connect with you right so uh you can either go directly to the website uh, activewonderlust.com uh, you can uh, also active wonder Last retreats on Instagram or uh, just hit me up on my Instagram that's Derar Ayush that's uh, gonna be a tough one D-E-R-A-R-A-Y-O-U-S-H dude this has been awesome thank it's you been a lot of fun thank you man dude, I, I had dude, a great time I, I, dude, where's, where's our I next love, trip I know like where are we going I, I love you know reconnecting and the, to be able to do it like this and I mean it's, it's fun so, yeah, so yeah likewise show, sure 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 all good times so you guys if you're uh, I feel bad for those of you who are gonna miss this episode of the side hustle because I got some really good questions we're gonna dive into some really cool stuff but you don't so, have to miss it you don't have to miss it go subscribe at Patreon you guys all the money on our Patreon or if you go to our web store and buy a shirt you know we got the, we got the we got the Gainesville swag now we got the podcast shirts you guys every single dollar goes to the production of this um, you know, it's my dream to keep this podcast alive for as long as humanly possible. Hopefully, for years and years and years. So, so support our podcast. And, and who um, knows? Maybe we'll do one from Bali one day, dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, that'd be epic. That'd be so epic. Don't please don't even get don't even get me dreaming about that. So, thank you. You're gonna you. need a couple more subscribers for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. It's a work in progress, baby. This is episode right. seventy-seven. 77. 
thank you to everybody who listens and supports our podcast. I absolutely love you guys. Do me a favor, if you're on iTunes or wherever you listen, like go and like rate us, you know, to give us some feedback. Um, but yeah, giving us a little rating would like would be great. And um, thank you so much for listening, Gerard. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you, man. And everybody, world, this is the WHOA GNV Podcast, <laughs> the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. He got it. We will see (laughs) you later. Bye.